0: The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts,
1: Joe Bond. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Applegar. It's Sin-Chu-Chu. It's a mouthful.
0: All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, and actually on time this week, AJ Applegarth. What's up, man?
1: <laughs> big, things you know, are big things are <laughs> big coming. Big things are coming.
0: Right. <laughs> you know, Start of a new future. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we got a big show tonight. We're talking fantasy football consistency, a topic near and dear to my heart. Um, and, of course, we'll bring on Bob Long for that. But first, I uh, remind you guys. Subscribe, follow us on YouTube, Periscope, iTunes, wherever you listen. We appreciate the support, um, so go ahead and do that. It helps us out, uh, but let's first get to some news and notes. Uh got, got some good ones, man. Uh, so obviously, AJ Darius Geis arrested last week, turned himself in, uh, domestic dis- uh, assault uh, strangled the woman or whatever, Like just bad news, and of course, Washington did the right thing, and, they, and they, uh, A lot of teams nowadays will kind of, you know, give it a few days, see what happens, you know, whatever. But Washington really had no choice with everything that just went on with them. So they cut him immediately. I'm not really going to focus on guys here, but I want to ask you, like, who do you think is next up here? Like, who do you think is the prime beneficiary? We got Peterson, we got the rookie Gibson, and we got Bryce Love, who was drafted last year. Of course, he's stuck the whole year on the IR um, after was it ACL or something like that? The year, just the year before in college, who's yeah. the primary ben- beneficiary? I remember here, man.
1: what the injury was for him. I, I think it was a knee injury though, but um, I mean, I think AP is still going to get the main, you know, starting gig uh, at least for the first few weeks of the season. And then they're going to see what the other guys have. Um, in my opinion, at least I, I do like Gibson's upside. Um, so I think he could, get in but i mean o- overall i think this is just going to be an ultimate committee for right now until they figure out what's going on but yeah definitely uh interesting turn of events <laughs> for sure not the yeah. first time we've heard this unfortunately
0: yeah i mean he came in with character issues that's why he fell to where he did in the draft you know and um you know he seemed like a pretty good guy like every interview we had you know he seemed like a good guy just you know but unfortunately not so I agree with you, though. I think AP is going to be be the big winner here. I think he's got you know the the role kind of locked up. Gibson's a guy who's intriguing, but I'm not really sure I'm buying into the skill set. I mean, the guy really wasn't our running back in college. He was kind of a Percy Harvin-ish type of player. Um, yeah, maybe he's better. I, I don't know enough about him, really, to be honest with you, but I don't really like those gadget type guys. A lot of them don't really work in the NFL. So... Will he make some plays? Sure. Um, but I, I'm more in on AP. I'm actually more intrigued by Bryce Love. Um, <clears throat> um, I saw some stat that he, was, he rushed for 2,000 yards in his junior year in college, and he had the least number of carries to ever do so in college so the guy's got talent it's just a matter of if he can get healthy and get right so i'm i'm you know i stash love on a lot of my taxi squads in my dynasty leagues and i'm i'm kind of hoping he can figure this out excuse me uh other news george kittle got his extension uh, big money for a tight end. Five years, seventy-five mil. I want to say like eighteen or twenty mil was was uh guaranteed. So a lot of money there. Gotta ask you though, man. Like, is it worth it as a tight end to give somebody this much money? Guys, a baller. Yeah, he is a baller.
1: Um, I mean, he's still pretty young. I think he's got you know obviously his his he's in his prime now. I think. Um, so within that, that five young, years, man, for sure, uh, I think he's going to be, you know, all prime and then starting downhill. So it, it's, it's good from that aspect. Um, I, I do think it's a, it's a, a lot of money for a tight end though. Um, uh, I don't know if I would have bought into it, but I guess it, it just goes to show San Fran wants to focus on, you know, playing him and, and paying him. So He's the key point. I mean, in my opinion, he's the, he's the best player on their offense. Um, he's definitely the best out.
0: receiver on that offense. Uh, I, I, I mean, mean he's, he's a good the best blocker player too on the offense.
1: I mean, yes. he, he Jimmy G is uh, you know okay. He's a game manager. He's he's decently consistent um, from from that standpoint. But yeah, Kittle's there. He's the main go to. I mean, the receivers. Debo Debo's good. He's coming up, but he's injured the other guys they have are young and you know who knows so unproven
0: i'm okay with the money uh you know hopefully with maybe possibly deflated caps coming in uh it doesn't kill them but we'll, we'll see what happens here um but i think it'll be okay uh last piece of news maybe not super exciting but lamar miller signed with the patriots I mean, is he going to get the job? Is this now going to be Damien Harris's job? And I think this spells concern for Sonny Michel, in my opinion. I think there's the reason why they signed him. I mean, what is his impact? I mean, there's James White there, too. I mean, how, how does his impact on all these guys? I mean, this is a, a ridiculously
1: deep running back room in, in New England, and it, it always seems to be, and and. You know, it's that just that next man up week to week game plan that Bill Belichick loves to to do and and throw out there. So I think he's going to have his weeks where he's, you know, really good and, and helping the team and helping fantasy owners. But then he's going to have those weeks where he disappears and it's going to be James White or it's going to be Rex Burkhead or, you know, it won't be Brandon Bolden this year. But I think <laughs> right. that's part of why they went and did that, um, did this move because they knew Bolden was sitting out. So. Um, you know, he, he's had those really good games, you know, not not huge on stat window, but he's just there. He he's a body that that gets the play when it needs to happen. So I think Miller's gonna definitely gonna eat into some of that. Um Michelle, yeah, I, I think it it's definitely gonna hurt him the most, uh, in my opinion. Um, but at the same time it could be, well, is he really going to be healthy? Is his foot still more of an issue than what we really think it's going to be or what we thought initially and that he would be returning early and now he's not?
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with you. All right, so <clears throat> without further ado, let's bring on Bob Long, uh, author of the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide for the last, five or six years uh sorry if i totally botched that bob you can fix me i think you might have been doing it longer he's also owner of big guy fancy sports bob you there man how you doing man
2: thanks for having me
0: yeah uh glad to have you back uh it's always one of my favorite shows of the year um uh, but thank you before we jump into things let's have a little fun man let's do our beer of the week mm, beer all right. Since you are the guest, uh, <laughs> let us know what you are drinking this week, my friend.
2: So I'm old compared to you guys, <laughs> um, and so um, I do mostly hard liquor now. So I'm a Captain Morgan guy. So got my Captain Morgan, which has a special orange and vanilla flavored this year that they came out for a summer drink. So I'm mixing it with my orange soda, and it's uh, it kind of like drinking a dream sickle. So it <laughs> it sounds. I know it sounds a little girly. I'm not gonna lie, but Ain't you know, it good, is man. summer, and, and so it is what it is. Normally, I'm just a Captain Morgan Diet Coke, so um, kind of boring. But, you know, when you're old, it's that's the way things happen.
1: It's all good, man. We don't discriminate here. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I love me some Captain on my non-beer drinking nights as well. So cheers oh. to that. Uh, I myself am drinking the uh, Commonwealth Brewing Company's uh, Sovereign Lotus and Sabro Triple India Pale Ale. Um, I think this thing is what a ten percent or Joe something it's like that. It's
0: close to it. Yeah, it's, I've it's had, that a, I had that. A I few don't times. remember. It's good, man. I, I enjoy uh,
1: it. Yes, ten percent.
0: So be right there with you, Bob. That's definitely tasty. <laughs> so, all right, I am drinking a Aslin Beer Company <clears throat> Mind the Hop Double India Pale Ale uh i don't know what the percentage on this is actually Uh, like around oh 9.4 so hey we're all we're all hitting it pretty hard uh so yeah this one's good man Uh, i don't actually know what hops are in it but it's it's a smooth beer uh very very hoppy that's for sure um does does hit you pretty hard but uh i needed it after today with both kids driving me absolutely bonkers so uh drink up guys cheers cheers (laughs) so all right let's jump into this man um Consistency, like I've said before, this is a uh, a topic that that I love. Um, Something that I, you know, didn't really study as much as you, but something that I always kind of looked at when I drafted, you know, many many years ago. And then when I saw your guide, I was like, oh my gosh! Like I had to talk to this guy because this is exactly (laughs) what I've been like telling people forever, it feels like. And somebody finally wrote something about it (laughs) that makes more sense than what I've been telling people. So, um, so first things first, let's just let everybody know, you know, let everybody kind of know what the book's about and where you can find it and all that kind of stuff.
2: Um, so basically you can find it on, you know, Amazon. If you're a hard copy kind of person, uh, go to amazon.com. You can get it there. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, if you want a PDF or if you want a different version like that, you can certainly get those on it as well. Uh, Big Big Eye Fantasy Sports is the site that will uh, has a PDF version, all the updates, all the tier draft list and all the tools you need about consistency. It will certainly help you with the, uh, you know, putting in your own scoring method, finding out who's the most consistent players, you know, in, in your league from last year. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely do that. Definitely uh, check it out and, uh, you know, appreciate it. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So last year we
0: know you, uh, you introduced the, the prop bet tool, something that uh, we, we checked out. A few times over the year to see how how it kind of matched up with with some betting props, uh, but from your own s- viewpoint, like how did it how did it perform last year?
2: It did well. I mean, uh, for the last of uh, for the last three years, uh, it's been nominated as one of the finalists for best fantasy football publication by the Fantasy Sports Writers of America. And, uh, you know, in 2018, it won actually the award for best publication, but I'm just honored to be nominated. I mean, I'm going, you know, guys like CBS sports and roto and, you know, football diehard. So it's hard to, you know, argue, um, you know, that being nominated is, is, you know, certainly an honor in itself. So,
1: yeah, that's, that's huge to, to be able to get, get that going there and congrats on the, uh nominations and, and awards and everything. It's Thank always, you. always good to see. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, is there anything else new that you've added this year then? Do we, do we well, just, the only
2: do we thing I new? added new this year, uh, was the, um, uh, it was kind of a weird thing. So these gentlemen from the country of Brazil, um, uh, started their own website showing, Uh, people down in brazil how to play fantasy football and all that kind of good stuff and um, they loved my consistency stuff i sent them a you know free pdf so they uh could you know look at it and check it out they loved it and uh then they asked me if they could write some articles and do some calculations for uh idp or individual defensive players for those who uh haven't done it before and um you know they put this information together and, the, and they showed me the consistency of the IDP players. And I don't play in a lot of IDP league. So it certainly wasn't in my wheelhouse and I was honored that they, you know, used my calculation formula. And so I asked them if I could put their article that they wrote about the top IDP consistency players from the year before in my guide. And they uh, were honored and, and said, sure, certainly. And so we did that and, you know, so that's new this year. Even though I didn't really come up with it, I was just honored to be able to share uh, this uh, internationally known now <laughs> consistency stuff, and uh, awesome. they were happy to have it in it. So, yeah, it was pretty cool.
1: Awesome. So, what is your your X consistency? Let's go down that so... little road there.
2: Yeah. So what X consistency is, is I had, you know, there was a lot of times where you have guys who were, who were fairly consistent, but they only played, let's say half the season. Cause they got hurt. Evan Ingram's a perfect example last year. Uh, Matthew Stafford, perfect example. And so, you know, you, when you're trying to compare total points, you know, you can say, well, they're consistent and that's good enough, but you know, what, how did they do on a per game basis Based on that consistency. So I created X consistency, which is a lot like X E R a in, in baseball. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it takes the average fantasy points per game, multiplies it times their consistency percentage, and it gives them this X consistency number so that you can see a guy like Matthew Stafford would have been in the top 10 if he played every game, both consistency wise and total points wise, and it kind of puts the two together to give you a little bit of a, a different snapshot, um, but also kind of gives you a truer, uh, you know, vision of how good that person could have been last year had they played all the games, you know, at that point. So,
0: so a little follow up to that, like, which one do you use more when you're looking at it, like consistency or the ex consistency? Like, which one do you value
2: more? I mean, I'll be bored and I'm going to say both um, <laughs> because, I, you know, they, they both have their spot. It depends on the player. Like I said, you know, a, a guy like Matthew Stafford, I need to look at the excellence to see the new, you know, to kind of see where he fell out uh, versus, you know, a, a guy that played all 16 games, you know, like uh, Odell Beckham Jr., so, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff I, 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 you know, use all the tools and that's what I try to tell people is you don't just focus in on that consistency number, the X consistency, your total points, you know, look at this as a whole and make the decisions when you're comparing these teams, you know, side by side or these players side by side. So
0: makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Um, so a question we've never asked before, um, but I noticed you had a little DFS section in there. Is this valuable for caching in DFS?
2: It is because using consistency, uh, and especially the tool... You know, if you look at the consistency guide, there's a profile for each player. And at the bottom of each profile section is a little thing called the consistency, historical consistency. And it's basically showing how they did in games where they're home versus away, uh, maybe at home against a top 10 defense against the pass versus, you know, bad defense against the pass. And by using that tool, you can identify some players that may be cheap from a DFS standpoint but might have a game situation or i call it a game scenario because they're playing let's say you know there's guys like aaron Rodgers and, and drew Brees that when they're playing at home against a, a, a top 10 defense they destroy them they just literally destroy them and so people will be like oh they're playing against san francisco this week okay well that's this is where they ex- succeed at so you could put that guy in there knowing that okay i'm getting a little bit cheaper price and i can use that money for maybe a higher upside guy that might have a huge week like a Mike Evans or a Godwin or a Deshaun Jackson at dirt cheap, you know, but can have those two, three touchdown games. So, so that's what I, you know, the guys use it for. So I'm not as much into the DFS world as they are. So, uh, uh Colby Conway and Ron Rigney from the big guy site, uh, do that every week. They do a podcast. They put together their favorite, uh, uh, draft King and, um, fan um, uh, lineups for the week based on the consistency based on that information. And so, yeah. So it works. So it's worked out well for them. They won some money.
0: Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me. I mean, I know you in DFS, I'm not a big DFS guy either, but I'm a little I've played and I've talked to some, some pretty big names in the DFS game. You know, f- from what I get is that you, you do need to play obviously some home run, especially in the, in the GPPs and things like that. But like, you do need those guys that are just going to get your points, you know, right. like the reliable guys that can just get your points week in and week out. You can't hit home runs on everybody. Um, so you need those those reliable guys. And, yeah, this would be a great tool, it seems like, to to find those guys week in and week out. So it makes total sense to me. Uh, so when it comes to consistency, like I'm a big rankings guy. You know How much are you factoring in consistency to your draft rankings? I mean, like you can't go around looking at just your consistency and rank off of that because otherwise right. you'd have Golden Tate over go- Kenny Galladay. Like, <laughs> right. nope, never going to happen. Right. Yep. Um, I got at least I wouldn't think so. But nope. like, how much does consistency factor into your draft rankings?
2: Well, it certainly makes it. it certainly changes players that others are high on or vice versa that I might view differently because of the consistency for example let's talk about golden tate i can sure. pretty much guarantee you that golden tate is not in the top 36 of anybody else's rankings out there probably not but he's 36 on mine i mean he might be close but i'd be surprised if anybody else has in the top 36 um it's like a ppr you know, so, half
0: i'm curious i'm gonna go look at mine now
2: um you know mari cooper i have at 18 a lot of people have him in the top 12. Ooh, well, I've got a 15
0: and a half, so okay. I'm with you there.
2: <laughs> right. So, again, some people, you know, love Amari Cooper and always put him in the top 12 and, you know, all this happy stuff. And, you know, this last year was his best season ever in consistency when it was, it was only 63%, which ranked him like 28th. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I adjust my rankings based on that, which makes it look different than others would. You know, like I have – uh, Julian Edelman at number 13. I bet you nobody else has Julian Edelman in the top 20, maybe 25 uh, because he's always 75% consistent. He's always one of those guys that, you know, just catches the ball every week. And with cam there, you got to believe that he's going to be looking at Julian all the time. Just like Tom Brady was.
0: Yeah. I've got around uh, the 25 range. So yeah, top twenties, top fifteen's pretty steep price for me. Right. You so know, that's I do, the adjusting
2: I, that I'll make from a consistency standpoint. Yeah.
0: I mean, I look at the fact that it is the unknown that Brady was just feeding him the ball left and right. And cam will do some different things. So it's a a bit of an unknown. So we don't know if he's going to repeat that consistency, but otherwise like other years in the past, like, yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I was, I had him in the top, you know, 15, 12, almost every year. Like last year, I think I was one of the highest rankers of him on fantasy pros. And, and, uh, yeah, I'd have to look, but
2: I'm pretty sure that the year that, um, who was the guy that had to come in and play 12 games? Um, for Brady when he got hurt, Castle, I'm pre- Castle Matt Castle, I'm pretty yeah. sure Elderman was, was just it was just yeah. was just as consistent. So, yeah, yeah, I, I no mean,
1: big contract,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, can Cam do it? Absolutely. Um, right. He loves just...
2: short passes. He, you know, it's it's his specialty. Dumping the ball off to James White, short passes to Julian Edelman. I don't think anything changes. Plus, Bill Lichick's still the guy in charge. Who's going to yeah. call the plays? Exactly. But work what, he can... He'll keep I, eating the guys that got him where he did be in the past, whether it's Brady yeah. or not.
0: I do keep moving element up every time I do my rankings, So I don't think he'll get as high as 13 for me, right. but I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he creeps into the top 20 for me by the end of the preseason here. But here's some good things from camp about cam and everything. We see some video at least. I don't know. We can right. see the games, unfortunately, but yeah. that's, that's going to be it. So You know, the other thing that factors in the rankings for me is is guys moving teams and, you know, guys having their Mm -hmm. role change. Right. Big time. You know, so, um, you know, how do you I know their consistency from last year is one thing. But like, how do you factor in that consistency from last year on a brand new situation?
2: Well, you know what I usually do, you know, when people ask me that question is, you know, look at the past. Look at both what that player has done for the teams he's played for and how is the new team different? Are the schemes the same? Is quarterback talent the same? Is the talent around him the same? Um, you know, there's a lot of factors to look at. Uh, so, you know, somebody like Cam, I mean, you know, he's got enough talent that, you know, he could get the job done. You know, he wasn't really all that consistent when he was in Carolina. In fact, when he won the league MVP, he was only 69% consistent that year. He wasn't <laughs> the top overall consistent quarterback, but, you know, he did what he did. He, he certainly, uh, you know, won a lot of games and, you know, got them where they needed to get. So, um, I, you know, I just look at all that kind of stuff and, and make that decision, you know, based on, you know, all the changes around them. You know, whether, you know, the if there's somebody that they gained or added to or lost from the line, you know, from, Offensive line that certainly will help or hurt a quarterback or a running back. So, you know, those are the kind of things I look at everything just like everybody would out there. You want to look at every angle to make sure that there's there's a reason for them to be consistent or not be, depending on the scenario around them. So, uh, keeping in that same
1: kind of uh, mode, there you you got guys moving teams or, or changing roles, but what about guys that are injured so how do you calculate the the consistency for the players who were injured the year before
2: well again that's where i the x consistency comes into play so by utilizing that and taking the average points per game looking at their consistency when they played that gives you an idea of how consistent now that's not saying they're going to be that consistent for a full season but at least gives you an idea if they've got potential like evan ingram and and matthew Stafford last year both went seven for eight in their first eight games of course then they both got hurt so at that point you can say now are they going to go 14 of, you know 14 of 16 or 14 of you know uh in a full season probably not but it shows you that there's consistency when they're playing and when they're healthy so that makes them a great value because people are kind of sleeping on them on both of them this year so follow up to that then what
1: about if the guy was injured for the whole season or he played one game yeah you know, I mean, something like that it's it's a I little mean, bit that, more of a calculation, I feel like.
2: Yeah, well, and it's also how are they looking in, in training camp, you know. Like, I remember last year uh, when Emmanuel Sanders came back from his injury, and I was getting him dirt cheap, bec- but I had seen the videos of him running and cutting that he had taken and put on the internet. And I'm like, if he gets run that well now, then he must be in good shape because it was like July, and he came back from, I think, ACL or, or Maybe it was hamstring, or not hamstring. Maybe it was. Um, oh shoot, um, the back of your leg. <laughs> I just went brain dead. I, I've even had this injury. I can't think of it. Achilles. Um, Achilles. Thank you. Oh. Uh, so you know <laughs> yeah. he he, you know, and he came back well, and, and you know did good enough to be signed by the the Saints, and will be playing there as the art wide receiver too this year. So uh, definitely, you know, a good scenario to watch for. AJ Green's one that I'm really high on this year. Um, you know and and i 've been getting it, you know almost dirt cheap value based on what he normally would go for, and he 's looking great in camp they 're raving about his explosiveness and his cutting, and he feels like he 's a hundred percent, and you know he 's going to be a big benefit to joe burrow that 's for sure
0: yeah a big question for him is can he stay healthy because he hasn 't done it? We talked about that on our uh on our n f our a f c north preview show, so that 's a big if so yeah, right right <laughs> uh. So, next question here actually comes from one of our writers, Mark Strasberg. Um, he was wondering, and a great question, by the way, because we're, you know, best ball is starting to take off big time. Mm-hmm. When you look at best ball, it's a total different ball game. Like, consistency is good, you know, up top, right? Mm-hmm. But later in your drafts, you're not you're clearly not getting very super consistent guys, but like, who are some of these guys that you look at that are maybe the worst consistent or somebody that from your list that you normally wouldn't target, but would in best ball.
2: I mean, anybody that you has high total points from the past year's, but consistency-wise hasn't been nope. there as a star. Um, and Amari Cooper's number one on my list, at the Deshaun Jacksons, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he was top 10 last year, but it was only 38% consistent. Uh, Will Fuller, you know he's going to have a 50-point game yeah. and then not yeah. do anything the rest of the year. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Jones, people. obviously, he's a guy that, you know, um, put up a lot of points but wasn't all that consistent doing that, at least not as as consistent as he was in total points. So, um so, yeah, so it's, the, you know, it's those kind of players, the high points, low consistency that are good best ball. But those are the kind of guys you really want to get late. I mean, you don't want to spend an early draft pick yeah. for Amari Cooper in best ball um, if you don't have to. You know, I'd rather spend and get a consistent player early in the draft and then spend my money in best ball on like rookie guys like Jerry Judy and Rager and, um, uh, you know, uh, Brian Edwards and those kind of guys that certainly have the ability to. Put up some big numbers down the road, you know, in, in games, but may not be there for you every week.
0: Yeah, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth about Cooper. I was like, I get that he's got that huge ceiling and he, he's not the most consistent guy, although last year was way better than he's ever been, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still just too inconsistent for his price range because there's guys going right around him who can do just as well overall and be more consistent. So yeah. it's like, I'm not buying him still where he's going. So I'm going to let everybody have him in my drafts. So you can have fun. Yeah, so Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so speaking of uh,
1: Rieger and those guys, the rookies, um, let's talk about them a little bit. You know, uh, you've got a, a topic in the the guide here, rookies versus consistency. Um, and, you know, your, your, your answer is typically that they're too inconsistent. <laughs> so that yeah. makes sense. But since they have no consistency rating uh, as of playing in the actual NFL, how do they get mixed into your rankings?
2: Well, you know, as it says in that article, 90 almost 92 percent of the guys have been drafted in the first four rounds um, at the at the, you know, fantasy positions have not earned over a 60 percent consistency rating in their first year. And so that just kind of tells you where these guys stand. Um, You know, yes, there's going to be guys that have great opportunities like Barkley and Zeke and some of them to come in. Um, But, you know, just because they're a stud in college doesn't mean they're going to be a stud in the NFL, especially in their first year. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of thing is. So I rank them probably a lot lower than most will. I mean, I had I had Clyde Edwards Hilaire down in the in the 30s until. Damian, uh, Damian Williams dropped out. So, and I know a lot of people had him a lot higher. Um, I just wasn't, I just wasn't buying into it yet. He hasn't proved anything. Plus I thought he was going to be a backup to Damian Williams for a while. Um, So now I have him in the top 12 because obviously he's playing for Kansas city. Um, but you know, that's a rarity. He's got an open shot, you know, when, when Kareem Hunt had that open shot, you know, he obviously took it and, you know, literally ran with it so you know that's definitely a good good choice for ceh to be there and he's a good pick the question is is are you going to take a first round pick on him when you can take an austin eckler that you know is going to be super talented and consistent so yeah that's where it makes it it's tough when you have to decide between a rookie and a a veteran like that yeah
0: definitely agree there i uh I tend to fade the rookies more often than not. It's got to take a special, special guy. Like, I was all over Saquon the first year, like oh, late right, in the first sure, round. Right. Um, CEH doesn't scream special to me. He's in a great situation, don't get me wrong, right, especially right. now. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I maybe I'm just playing it safe and, you know. Call me whatever you want, but I, <laughs>
2: right, I'm exactly.
0: probably taking the Ecklers and the Drakes and stuff like that over top of C E H, um, just because I I I feel safer doing it. Right. I, yeah. I I think they I think they're more reliable, mm-hmm.
1: especially with running backs in general. I mean, we kind of saw this shift as in power, if you will, for the wide receiver when PPR became you know more widespread and the running backs kind of fell off a little bit. Um, but now I feel like running backs are, are back, um, you know, being that main go-to player that you want to get. Mm-hmm. So uh, myself, I'd rather look at somebody that I know is going to be there, know that's going to get the plays and, and get the ball and get the points for me and, and has in the past as opposed to some of these rookies, even even though the situation is nice there uh, for, for CEH. so. Right. Uh, moving on with that, though, name name one surprise or, or maybe two at, at each major position that you think will either exceed or fall short of their current
2: ADP. All right. Well, I wrote a list of one exceed and one fall short for each position. So you're all right.
0: Oh, yeah. So we can start Ready? with start with the quarterback. Yeah, so Let's yeah, start, start, okay.
2: so. we'll start with the quarterback. So. Who will exceed ADP? Matthew Stafford ADP currently tenth round. Um, you know, like I said last year, he was um, he actually if he would at the point fantasy points per game through the first eight games, he would have been second overall in total points at three hundred ninety nine. Be just behind he would have been behind Lamar Jackson, but ahead of everybody else, uh, including Dak. So love him. I think he will exceed expectations. Aaron Rodgers is at eight twelve. His consistency last year was 38%. There's, there's no way he's going to Ugh, exceed, <laughs> exceed that. Now, he might be top 10 in total points like he was last year, but consistency-wise, he's going to kill you, so don't, don't go there. Uh, the running back position, Raheem Mostert, 503. I'm all over Raheem. Love this guy. In the uh, nine games last year, or actually the last six games of the year, he went six for six in consistency, averaged 17.5 fantasy points a game.
0: So, uh, all right. That doesn't
2: even include the playoffs.
0: Yeah. So you're not worried at all that like the backfield's getting no. healthy and like all four guys yeah. might be
2: there. No? All right. No. Interesting. No. They they gave him the money because they know he is the man. You the, know? They, they literally
0: they, just came out, like somebody came out and said that it's no no guarantee that Mostert is the starter.
2: Yeah, well they, and, and you know what, uh, Shanahan will say that all day long. But if you look at the last six games and the playoffs, the guy that had almost twice as many, if not three times as many touches in those games was Mostert. Yes, Tevin Coleman's involved. Yes, Breida was involved. Yes, there's Jarrett McKinnon, too. But he'll sneeze and break his leg, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, exactly. Mostert is the man. And, if you get, and the, here's the thing. You can get Mostert as your RB3 for your team. That's the best part. You know, you, you could certainly get him as your, you know, RB3, especially for like you, like I've done where I went, you know, number one, I take McCaffrey and then come back. And, and I might take net and Mostert and go three straight running backs. I feel like I'm set at that point. I um, yeah. love that. Uh, the guy that I'm not all, all in on at the 112 position is the Drake. I love the Drake. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But his consistency in the second half wasn't as good. He had some very, very big games but they weren't, he wasn't as consistent as you think. Um, You know, his big games were against the Browns, and I mean, he did have the big game against the 49ers. I get that, but (laughs) yeah, Um, yeah, two of them. But, you know, he definitely, I'm just, I I think he's a very good player. I just don't know if he's a first round. I don't think he's going, I think he's going to fall short of that ADP. Uh, Wide receiver, I already talked about A.J. Green. He's going in the sixth round, wide receiver twenty seven. He'll easily be top fifteen if he stays healthy, and that's what we expect will happen. Um, and then falling short, Amari Cooper. We've already talked ad nauseum of him, <laughs> and last um, year and the year before, and last so. year and the year before. <laughs> yeah, in fact, uh, somebody the on of Twitter, my show, somebody on Twitter, <laughs> Twitter created a, a hashtag Locus Is his nickname? That's my favorite. <laughs> nice. Uh, oh yeah, I know that. Yeah, Tommy oh, Mo, yeah, Tommy Moe. Tommy Moe. Um, so anyway, uh, exceeding four tight ends, Jack Doyle is going in the 13th round. Just two years ago, before Eric Ebron was in in Neapolis, he was actually in the top 10 in both total and consistent. And now he's got Philip Rivers, who loves his tight ends, and there's no Eric Ebron in the way. I've drafted as my backup in every league, and, and I might be starting him as my flex a lot. I might end up you know, trading my top tight end, whoever I do draft, maybe. Uh, we'll see. Falling short, Zach Ertz. He's going in the fifth round. Everybody still thinks he's part of the elite top three. He's not. Dallas Goddard was as, as consistent as he was last year at 67%. They both had the same amount of clutch games. Uh, yes, he scored more points than Dallas Goddard, but Dallas Goddard was just as consistent with the lack of points that he had getting around 10 points a week while Ertz was kind of up and down. And, you know, he's going to be getting 15 a week, which is good. And I like Zach Ertz, but I just feel like, you know, you're taking the fifth round when you could get in your, you know, third receiver, maybe a top quarterback or a top, you know, uh third wide receiver, maybe if you're loading up on wide receiver. So that is my exceeds and fall shorts for you.
0: So right. one word I have on Ertz and AJ, you can chime in on this too. Uh, I am fading Ertz too, unless he kind of drops in the draft. But he's not going to. Um, my thing with with him and Goddard is that Ertz is still going to be, in my opinion, unless all the receivers die again for the for the Eagles, which is very possible. Um, unless they all die again, Goddard's not repeating what he did last year as a tight end two for that team. I don't see him taking over for Ertz. Like I know there's all that narrative out there that a lot of people are saying that, but. I don't, I don't buy into it yet. Ertz is still the guy. Um, and so Ertz is going to get his, he's still going to be, you know, probably a top five, six tight end at the end of the year, which is plenty fine if you want to pay up for it. Um, but I'm not buying into the Goddard total hype yet. I know he finished great last year, like top 10 or 12, but you know, I, I'm not believing the hype that he's going to take over for Ertz yet. I don't know. AJ, do you have any different opinion on that? I, yeah, I don't think he's going to take over for him yet.
1: Um, I don't know if I would say that he's really going to fall off too far though. Um I, I mean
0: uh, yeah, what you gotta side... remember,
2: all they added was Rieger and Alshon Griffin is yeah. still playing. Yeah, but
0: so, DJax will be back healthy.
2: Yeah. Um, okay, so you got you know. DJax and and you have Rieger as your two receivers. So you don't have Jeffrey, so there I don't who's your third receiver there? I think Goddard is going to be on the field a lot, two tight ends run Sanders more. You know, yep. I mean, that's uh, yeah. That's
1: why I think they're uh, going to leave a lot of two tight end sets out there. Uh, I agree. And, and, you know, just get they spread the field out a little bit more with that. Um, but yeah, our Segal white side, I mean, hopefully he can take the next step and which would really just be getting off the bench. In my opinion, onto <laughs> the field to catch right. a ball. Um, you know, if he can get confidence, uh, I think he can be a little more consistent. Um, Greg Ward was great uh down the stretch for them, but I mean he's he's a former quarterback, turned receiver because they needed somebody from Dunkin' Donuts to throw the ball to. Right. Um, you know, so I don't know. And I like Ward. I think I think he's a talented guy. I think, you know, he could have some games where he blows up, but the Eagles receiver core to me is is the ultimate best ball. Yeah. yeah
0: crap shoot yeah. um so good luck <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah i'm interested to see what J- what jay jaw can can do maybe if he's if apparently he played pretty hurt last year so i'm interested to see what he can do because a lot of people liked him last year and so did I. so we'll see but all right let's close some let's close this out bob with uh talk to some specific players that, that i Kind of highlighted from the guide that you sent me. Thank you for that, by the way. It's fantastic as always. Um, start off here quarterback. I, I picked out one per position. Uh quarterback here, Russell Wilson. Like mm-hmm. this one shocked me. I'm not gonna lie. I, you know, I love the guy. He was great quarterback last year, top three or four overall points. Fifty six percent clutch game rating. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, my jaw dropped man i was like what His worst, had to look, had worst to look consistency
2: season it. ever and the sad part was he started off on wildfire yeah which which is what he never did in the past He used to always start slow and then Get like hot. rip off 10 straight yeah this this year he starts out this past year he starts out with like five or six straight and then just dies well
0: cool. so i gotta ask you though like Do you think the inconsistency had a lot to do with Lockett's leg injury? And Lockett was clearly not healthy the last, like, six games, seven games of the season. I mean, I know DK Metcalf kind of came on strong, and that helped. But Lockett not being there really hurt Wilson, it felt like. And so I don't think I'm knocking him too much just because of that.
2: So I looked at this in depth because, you know— I. I just thought, well, they just did a better job of running the ball. And I think it's part of it. So where, where the inconsistency came from was the inconsistency of attempts per game. Um, and so, like, there was games where he threw 50 times, and then there was three weeks where he barely threw over 20. And my thought is, is those games were the games they were controlling the clock, the running game was working well, they were ahead. He didn't need to throw the ball as much because he wasn't behind. The other games, you know, now I didn't get into it. Look at the scores and all, you know, by, by thing. But, but the inconsistency of attempts was unbelievable. He actually had almost a hundred more attempts than the year before. Yes. But uh, the second half of the, you know, and I thought, well, it's second half versus first half. Nope. First half, 32.5 attempts a game. Second half, 31.8. Not that big of a difference. Mm. But like I said, what you see is, is ups and downs. Ga- per yeah. Game. You see 50 attempts in a game, then 20 the next. 45, this one, 22. So, Mm. yeah, so, and I think that's what it was, is that, you know, he was never in a rhythm, you know, the the running game, you know, again, the running game was fine. You know, Carson did a good job and stayed healthy, and, uh, you know, so, you know, do I expect him to bounce back and get his consistency back up? Absolutely. You know, is it going to be in the 70% range like it was? That's the problem is his ADP still has him as being a stud. You know, he's still, like, in the top four or five, and I'm like if I'm going to drop somebody in the top 4 or 5 <clears> I'm going to go for you know um uh, uh you know Mahomes or Jackson Wow, that's a little too early but you know maybe uh Kyler Murray uh knowing that he's going to have to throw the ball a lot because he's got so much talent and uh but you know like you said Lockett is healthy he'll be back should be a good thing so
1: All right so moving into the running backs here um a guy that that's pretty interesting you know player to to be looking at here, and it's Joe Mixon. So across the first uh, seven weeks of the season, we'll call it, he was terrible. He had a bad start. He had only two clutch games for those first seven weeks. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of the season, he rips off seven. So because of this, you know uptick in in clutch games, he ended up finishing with a 56% rate again, similar to you know, right on with Russ. What's your take on Mixon this year, though?
2: Well, it's almost exactly the same. Well, I shouldn't say exactly the same. It's kind of opposite of what um, uh, Russell Wilson. First eight games of the year, Joe Mixon only had one game that he had more than 17 carries in a game. In the second half, the last eight games, he only had one game where he had less than 17 carries in a game. They fed him the ball so much in the second half. I don't know if you remember. The game I remember them best was the game that they were losing to the Ravens like 49-6. to six, And they fed him the ball 32 times in that game. <laughs> and I'm we're like, just going to lose here. What are yeah. you doing? <laughs> Now I didn't have Mixon. I think I was playing against Mixon in a game, and maybe that's why I was so pissed off. And I'm like, I, I saw he had thirty carries, like a hundred and some yards, and I'm and you know, some touchdowns. And I'm like, What? Why, why didn't you give him the ball 30 times in a game that you're losing and they lost like I think it was 49 to 20 or something. I mean, it wasn't even close. It was but yeah, they was fed him the ball so much, and they did it the rest of the year that way. So that's why he had the peak games that did. Now What does that say for this year? Well, you got a rookie quarterback. They obviously love defeating the ball. So you got to have love. You got to give Nick Mixon some love. The question is with a rookie quarterback, you know, as much as we are not, you know, as much as we, uh, some of us, you know, I'm a big Red Rifle fan, but, you know, not everybody loved Andy Dalton and company there. So, you know, but at least he was good enough to keep the defenses honest. Can Joe Burrow do that and not let eight or nine in the box against you know, somebody like, you know, with Joe Mixon, that's where it becomes an issue. That's why I'm a little bit kind of taken back on whether or not I want to invest a first round pick in Joe Mixon. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: just wonder like how much the, the coaching staff change there really mattered and like how much it's going to carry forward. So that, that plays a big part in it for me. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I kind of bought into the second half again, maybe to my own dismay, because I uh bought into it last year and burned myself at a couple best ball leagues because of it. So oh well. Lesson not learned, maybe maybe. So all right, over to receiver here, got an interesting pair to talk about. So we got Stefan Diggs and John Brown, now teammates. Very interesting to me, because you look at Diggs and his and his consistency rate was sixty last year on the Vikings. Now John Brown's was eighty seven. Uh yet <laughs> yeah, they... Diggs ranking ADP is way higher than John Brown's. Now probably should be because Diggs should be the wide receiver one there, right? But mm-hmm. how much are are we overvaluing Diggs a little bit and undervaluing John Brown? Or what what do you think here?
2: Well, I think they're going to be a little bit, obviously, a lot closer this year. Um, the one thing I don't expect is, one, I don't expect John Brown to be at 80%, but I also don't expect him to be at 50. I don't expect Diggs <clears throat> to be that bad, but I also don't expect him to be super high. Um, right. You know, uh, it's hard to tell. I know that, you know, there's been a lot of off-season workouts between, with Josh Allen and Diggs, which is a good thing. The only thing that scares me about Diggs, like, you know, it always scared me about Leonard Fournette, is, you know, at what point does he lose his head? You know, what point does Diggs get pissed off because they throw two touchdowns at John Brown and he doesn't see the ball enough? Because that's the way he was in Minnesota. Um, That's that's what concerns me is anybody who's got kind of a mental scenario like that, I'm always a little bit scared of. Um, So my thought is if Diggs starts getting bitchy, well, then guess what? Allen's going to throw the ball to John Brown and Beasley like he did last year. So that's what kind of I see happening. Um, is yeah. that, you know, I don't think Diggs is going to be that consistent because I think there's going to be these up and down weeks where, you know, he's going to get a little edgy and then the next week he won't see the ball as much. And I uh, yeah, just, I'm a little frightened of that scenario. I'm, I am haven't drafted Diggs at all yet.
0: Yeah. I mean, I stay away from this, this uh, receiving core just mainly based on the fact that I don't really trust Josh Allen as a passer. Uh I had John Brown in the best ball league last year and it was fantastic. But uh <laughs> as much as uh I liked that, I don't and, and I like Josh Allen overall as a quarterback for fantasy because of the legs, but as a passer in the receiving game, nah, I pass.
1: Yeah, I don't own any uh any digs uh shares, I guess if you want to call them that, uh on on any of my leagues this year, which is kind of surprising to me, but for same reason I feel like I just kind of soured on this uh receiving core for some reason and just wanted to bypass them altogether even though I do like digs um and I have owned him in the past but maybe he burned me uh too many times in Minnesota so once you get on that list you're, you're not coming off <laughs> uh so I'm moving on to uh tight end here uh you know we don't we don't have a necessarily a one specific player but thinking of guys you know towards the end of the draft like your Guseckis, your, your John Smith your irv Smith um, I mean when I think of these next tight ends you know that that could be a good breakout candidate and be a, a a fantasy star that's the kind of guys I'm looking at there but you know what in your consistency rankings helps us find these next guys
2: well what I've always seen in the past is this scenario is tight ends kind of before their breakout year, usually um, first off, obviously they, they've come out of nowhere, not come out of nowhere, but they just haven't been as good as they have in the past or, or they haven't broken out like they should. And Koseki and, and John Newsmith Smith are a good one. Irv's a little young. Um, but what I like to look at is, you know, that end of last year, how did they come on? Did they start gelling a little bit with, you know, their quarterback and that kind of stuff. So, Gusecki last year, four out of six of the last six games, 67%. Nice, nice upswing. Um, Janu Smith, 75%, same thing, nice upswing. Uh, Irv Smith obviously didn't have a lot of clutch games, um, so there's not nothing there for me to kind of buy into at this point of being worthy of of a breakout yet. Uh, plus, you know, Carson didn't use him that much, you know, Titans that much last year, and they still have Kyle Rudolph. Um yep. The guy I like, of course, put up six out of six over the last six games was Tyler Higby. Uh, so, you know, there's a guy there that, you know, you kind of have to like, you know, I thought he would go much higher because I thought everybody would buy into, quote, the hype of what happened, but nobody really did. So he's yeah. actually going at, pretty, he's going at a pretty fair price, uh, ADP-wise, which is nice. So I, any of those three, I think, are, you know, good backups to choose. Um, You know, if you want to go and get, you know, like Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, you know, those kind of folks, you know, in that sixth, seventh round, and then maybe grab one of those guys as your backup, I think all of them could could prove to be something worthy. I mean, just two years ago, um, you know what, uh, George Kittle did that went like six for six for the last Mm -hmm. six of the year. And I put him as my breakout tight end for the next year. And, you know, and as they say, the rest is history, did the same thing with Antonio Gates with it. Did the same thing with uh, Jimmy, uh, gosh, Jimmy Graham when he broke right. out in New Orleans. So that usually works out well. Now, it doesn't always get as big as those guys did from one year to the next. But it's at least a something, a tool that I've used to identify those.
0: Yeah, I love Gusecki this year. Um, like to am at the end of last year, too. Uh, but... Uh, I I like him as a as a late target this year. People are buying into it a little more and more though, so he's not the the big value that you could get a month ago. People are starting to remember who he was. Right. Um what I want to ask yeah. you though. Uh, well, I'll let AJ get. He he's he just texted me and said he's got a follow up, so maybe it's the uh, yeah, same just, question.
1: So you mentioned Hunter Henry, and it's <laughs> not necessarily related to to him specifically, but with him and Keenan Allen. You know, both being solid players, solid mm-hmm. options. Now they lose their their quarterback that they've had for so long. You know, kind of goes back to the the question from earlier too. Is that more of an X consistency thing that you're looking at, or are they dropping down more because of the unknown of of Tyrod and uh, and what he's going to bring to the table if he's even going to be the starter all season, right. which is probably unlikely. But,
2: I mean, right. how how do you look at guys like that? Well, see, I, I look at, you know, one, did the coaching and the the offensive coordinator and the schemes and all that stuff change? No, all they're changing is a quarterback. Um, yeah, is it nice when you have the consistency of having the same quarterback for the last, you know, 13 years or whatever? Philip was there, certainly. But kind of like the same realm that I was talking about with, uh, Julian Edelman and James White, New England, you still have the same coach. You still have the same guy who knows who's the most effective guys are on the team and who the plays need to go to, you know, to move the ball down the field on a consistent basis. And it's going to be the same way for Tyrod Taylor in, in, you know, for the chargers, it's going to be Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, you know, and Eckler coming out of the backfield. Yeah. And those three guys should be in his sight on every single play. Yes, Mike Williams. Every once in a while, go we'll go deep to stretch the defense a little bit. Uh, you know that kind of stuff. But you know those three guys should see, in my opinion, if if you know, with the same coaches, same same setup, that they should be going. You know, uh, should be seeing the majority of the targets and and touches in the game. All
1: right. Jerry, yeah.
0: So so else. my question was, I wanted to ask you about somebody like Hayden Hurst, right? So. Mm-hmm he didn't get quite the biggest opportunity in Baltimore shine a couple of times here and there, but wasn't anything fantastic now goes to a great situation, right? No, Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody disagrees that going to Atlanta and filling in that, that tight end role there isn't good for, for him. But like, you know, obviously not the most consistent guy because he never got the opportunity in Baltimore. So how do you kind of factor that in with like ranking
2: him type of thing? um you know you just it's, it's it's tough um here's the thing you know hooper every year was supposed to break out supposed to break out supposed to break out never did so oh, i shouldn't say that then did last year mm-hmm. um so but, you know, so he obviously was very talented. They just didn't give him the ball because you've got guys like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Wes who was there for a while. So now here comes Hurst, who's, you know, a talented player, but obviously wasn't good enough to earn his keep to be the star tight end in, you know, Baltimore with, a de- you know, a decent quarterback. I mean, Mark Andrews did fine with Lamar Jackson. Why didn't Hurst? So it's one of those things where it's kind of like, it just kind of uneasy for me to go, well, Hurst will walk in and just be a stud. Well, uh, maybe, you know, and I know that Matt Ryan has been raving about him and, in, in, you know, press conferences and things like that, but I'm just a little bit leery. Now the good thing is Hearst in some drafts have been going early. Some have not uh, like in this auction, he hasn't wet that, uh, you know, that I've been work- working on. So, um, you know, uh, It'll be interesting to see how much he goes for. I, I haven't drafted him yet because I'm either Hunter Henry or Evan Ingram in round seven, or I'm waiting and and, and getting Jack Doyle in round twelve, uh, you know. And so if Hurst is there, I might get him as a backup, but I really haven't jumped on him because I'm still not 100% sold that he's going to be. He's going to match Hooper's numbers, and that's what he needs to do to you know, kind of be worthy of a a tight end one for your team.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I don't think he needs to match Hooper's numbers. I mean, Hooper (laughs) was tight end, literally tight end one through like 10, 12 weeks last year, whatever it was until he got hurt. So I don't know about that. And then he's going in the back end of the tight end one range. So I am
2: all over Hayden Hurst. Like, yeah, no, no, I I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad pick either. I'm just saying that, you know, um, you know, sometimes you kind of look at it and go, oh, well, you know, it, it, you know, and when you have your favorites, and you don't like that. He's your favorite, one of your favorites, obviously. So, you know, you're looking at him going, OK, you know, I, I like the value I'm getting for him. And, and you feel that he will put up some very solid numbers. I can't argue with you. He certainly could. He could put up Hoover numbers, you know, if he stays healthy the whole year. He might at least if he can match the total, you know, he didn't play as many games. Right. Um, certainly may be worth it. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if
0: I don't get him, I'm fine with the Gosekis, I'm fine with the Doyle's. I'm I'm fine with that. Ra- I'm fine. I'm good with that range of tight ends as my as my guy, because I don't want to pay up for tight end that you because I feel like it's so much deeper. I mean, I'm, I I just will almost never buy up for the Kittles and the and and you know uh, the Kelsey's. I just, not, I don't pay up for them in the first, second round, third rounds or whatever it is for tight ends. I just, right. I know they're awesome. I just don't do it. My draft strategy is way different than that. Um, so, and then at that point, like, do I want to go in on the Ingrams and the Henrys and things like that? Yeah, they're they're good, but they've got big question marks with injuries and things like that. So right. I go after, I just, this year I've just decided I'm going after the late guys and it's worked out for me so far. And a bunch of my drafts that I've done, you know, all these are under the industry drafts, Scott, uh, Scott fishbowl and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my teams have looked pretty nice with, with these tight ends that hopefully will work out for me. All
2: right, cool. So. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in.
0: <laughs> so, all right. Uh, AJ, you got anything else to add or no, I just wanted to, uh,
1: say that hopefully we'll be squaring off here in, in the Ras Bowl. Uh, in Oh, that's right. Same, I forgot in you're the same to... division yeah, here. Yeah. And then, uh, in Scott Fish, uh, we're we're in the same, I guess, league. Uh, you're you're in a different division, but we're we're in
0: when
1: the we same the one there. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. So and hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll all
2: get to see everybody next year at the uh, if yes. baseball expo in August. So
0: yeah, so I'm probably. hoping it happens, man. I, I'm <laughs> gonna put on my calendar right oh, after this so second know. second weekend of August, man. Hopefully this crap is gone. And we can all travel for real. Yeah, so for sure. All right, man. Well, thanks, thanks for having, thanks for yeah. coming on, man. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you and what you guys got in store on the site and stuff.
2: You got it. So Bob underscore Lung, just like it's written in the nice little uh, chalkboard behind AJ. There, very nice. Thank you, Brian Dawkins on the right. My right. favorite guy ever, Joe for Hall of Fame. Um, so anyway, yeah. So uh, Bob underscore Lung on Twitter. Big Guy Fantasy Sports is the website for all your consistency information, not only for your draft, but also all season long. We update the stats every week so you can see who the most consistent players are in your league week by week. And, of course, get the 2020 Fantasy Football Consistency Guide on Amazon. Just search for that word and, of course, you'll find it. And uh, you can also get it on the website as well. So, again, guys, thanks for having me. It's been an honor um, and looking forward to doing this again sometime.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. good stuff, man. Thanks, yeah, we'll man. put your uh, we'll put a link to your guide in the show notes so you guys can find it on uh, YouTube and the site and things like that. So awesome, thanks. Good stuff. I right, man, have a good night, man. Good talking all right. again. Dude, take care. All right. Thanks, Bob. All right, AJ. Uh, I really got nothing to add. Um, all I can say is go O's, man. They are tearing it up right now. <laughs> Unbelievable. I would have never. And of guessed course, it. they're playing the Phillies. I ah, mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I I'm so <laughs> far behind Why on. it. Text
1: messages and everything. Like, I've got a group text for a bunch of my guy friends at home are are talking about the, you know, Phillies and how they suck and that their bullpen is garbage and this (laughs) and that.
0: The whole season
1: sucks. I'm like, I am so, uh, as you could see from my uh, great updating skills of, of my depth charts, I'm so behind on baseball in general as it is, but I just, I'm just not into it this year. I don't know. I mean, I didn't even know that they were playing them until I looked at it and saw it. And then, you know, Heather's dad called it the other day and said something about, oh, yeah, it was had a great game and this uh, such and such had a great stop at second or third base. I don't remember what it was, but
0: I just like yeah. who, who are they playing what what's going YouTube, on tv and not i don't have cable anymore so i can't get mass in cuz angeles is the worst and uh, doesn't have it streaming available anywhere so you got to get the, uh, uh, the MLB package then but i can't i'm blacked out cuz MLB sucks too and they won't let uh, people watch that right. stuff for the MLB package, either so it's like whatever i'll figure it out another way um anyway that's, that's all i had to funny. add i just wanted to poke poke the Phillies, uh, anyway. All right, that's all we got for the show. Uh, next week we're gonna do a live mock draft on air, and we're gonna have a bunch of guys from Fantasy Six Pack on with us, uh, and we'll we'll get through as many rounds as we can before it just gets too late. So uh, join in then, and we'll uh, we'll we'll figure this out. It'll be fun though. So uh, yeah,
1: that's gonna that's gonna be something. <laughs>
0: Wow, way to, way, to, way to pump it up, AJ. It's going to be awesome, guys. Get your beers, get your six-packs, get whatever I'm you're going through. not going to do it for three hours, Dude. jackass. It'll be fine. jeez <laughs> jeez. Make some pick. We'll analyze a few. We'll be good. Let, let's let you guys see how we're thinking on the clock live. It'll be fun. Sounds Getting in the minds of the fantasy six-pack staff. So, All right, guys. That's all we got. Have a good night. See you.